Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 15, the Steve Van Buren edition of the Grease Pole Podcast. Appreciate you taking part. As always, you can follow the show at Grease Pole Podcast on Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review. Every episode is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you've done it already, appreciate it. If not, get on it. Greatly appreciate that. Um, it's been three weeks since I've done one of these. Every Monday uh, is, is the routine, but every now and then the day job gets in the way. You can blame the United States Navy for that. Uh, producer Justin was in my home state of Pennsylvania two weeks ago so i'm super jealous so that's why there's been three weeks in between so a little bit cobwebs uh might be a thing here early on so forgive us for that but plenty of meat and potatoes in this show is jam-packed today i've been looking forward to this one ever since episode 14 a couple weeks ago i've got a couple buddies with me uh the concept of this nfc east obviously the birds division i wanted to get somebody who's a fan of the other three teams in the division let's all come on and just fling shit at each other for a little bit. You know what I mean? Have some fun. Look forward to this season. Look back at the offseason and just kind of assess where all our teams are at and hurl some insults at everybody in the meantime. So that's where we're at. Before we get going, just so if there are any fans of other teams out there, and hopefully there are, you know, you can get familiar with the voice that is representing your team. So first up, representing the Dallas Cowboys. He's a good friend of mine. It's very rare to have friends that last over 20 years in this life, especially once you hit 30s. This guy's one of mine. One of my favorite people to talk sports with, Thomas Boyd, representing the Cowboys. What's up, brother? What's up? And obviously the punting bag of the uh, conversation today, being a Cowboys fan. <laughs> it's not because of you. You know it's because of the majority of your fan base. That yes, just, I know it. I know you it. You know, obnoxious and insufferable as fuck. Um, yes. So uh, next, representing the New York Giants, um, he goes by a ton of nicknames. He was the best man at my wedding, and he was also the guy who delayed the start of this motherfucker by blatantly not creating a Skype account until the very last second, holding everybody's Tuesday evening up, representing the New York Giants. It is Rob Guy, a.k.a. Bert, which is what he's probably going to be going by on this podcast. What's up, Bert? First of all, Oh, I here had we go. my Skype account set up. The feed you gave me was wrong. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> finger no, actually, Corey, finger I'm pointing already. Here. I'm looking <laughs> forward to this episode. You got me really pumped for this for, for a while now because you've actually pitched this idea to me a few months ago. I'm excited and uh, should be a good show. It should be fun, man. I'm looking forward to flinging turds at everybody. So last but not least, I'm going, by the way, this is in no particular order other than just alphabetical order of the city that your team is. So that's the order this is in. Washington comes last. Representing the Washington football team, a buddy of mine, we shared many a huddles together a couple miles up the road at Kickatan High School. 
uh, formerly the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team, represented by Jack Wampler. What's up, brother? Hey, what's up, man? I got my kids slapping me in my back like my team's been doing for the past 20 <laughs> Intr- Introduce your son. Introduce your son. Let's, let's ask hey. him. Can you ask him how many games the football team's going to win this year? Hey, Bill, how many games are we going to win this year, buddy? He said, uh, I don't talk yet, but I think uh, one to two is probably a good guess. <laughs> Smart kid already knows his football. Right, right. <laughs> exactly right. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you guys here, man. And uh, it's one of those deals, whenever I think of these teams, you guys are the guys that come to mind for me, man. So that's why you're here. So, uh, yeah, man, let's have some fun. I want to uh, I want to open this thing up, man. Like I said, it's been a while for me personally, so this might be a selfish exercise. I don't know if you guys will enjoy it. I don't know if the listeners will enjoy it. I would think so because swears are fun. But uh, let's take 60 seconds and just get warmed up here for what's ahead. And I want simultaneously for all four of us to just chuck insults, lob insults and swears about each other's teams in each other's directions all four people at the same time, just because why not chaos? So we've got a 60-second uh, a clock ready to go. Justin, do you have the clock queued up? We are good to go. All right, I'll count us down from three, two, one, and we'll start flinging turds at each other. One, just like the number of Super Bowls you guys luckily won. Oh, for the love of God, it's one. <laughs> <I'll die. laughs> all right, three, two, one. Fuck you, Bert. And man, your goddamn Giants, Jeff damn, Hostetler, Danny Cannell, hey, Dave Brown ass bitch, Dave Gettleman sucks. The, what's up, the only the reason Jerry Jones took C.D. Lamb is just to piss off Howie Roseman. That's the only hey. reason why he did it. <laughs> Meanwhile, was talking about taking a vacation to Philadelphia, <laughs> but I told her if we wanted to watch a crackhead fight a hobo, Phoebus is right down the street. <laughs> <laughs> But you can't get a good cheesesteak there. And it's also, we actually, we have, a, we have a team there that has a name, though. We have a team there that has a name and, and not and just a letter course, as a logo. Of course, we would be missing out on the cat piss and crack smoke aroma. <laughs> don't forget hey, the, Jack, don't forget the graffiti the, uh, on churches. If the only win y'all get is against the Giants, does it really count? <laughs> hey, we're going we're going two and zero against the Giants. That's our two wins, baby, right there. <laughs> That's hey, a given. Hey, hey Thomas, That's a given. One thing. Chase Young breaks uh, Daniel Jones' neck. Caught by the horn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, so. Thomas, just remember: be kind and rewind. <laughs> yes, the VHS uh, joke. Whatever, <laughs> the VHS joke because you yes, know, oh, yes. the Cowboys the old have... <laughs> VHS joke from Bert. Uh, an old one, but a good one. Right, right. Timeless, timeless. All right, so let's uh, let's let's get rolling here, fellas. Let's. That was fun. That was fun. It's always fun to swear at people. Um, give me uh, before we get into NFC specific stuff. Obviously, in college football, I know you guys are all big college football fans as well. Big Ten officially canceled their season as of today, or postponed any fall sports. So, no Penn State football on, on your boys' TV this Saturday. Bummer. Pac-12 followed suit. A lot of the smaller conferences as well. So, we're not going to have that. But with what we have going, we have the NBA and the NHL in a bubble kicking ass right now. Props to Gary Bettman and hockey. They don't do a whole lot right, but they've done this bubble thing right. And we also have Major League Baseball right now playing games of guess who with cardboard cutout fans. What is something what, – what's gotten you – we're all obviously football diehards. Give me something for you guys – that has kind of got you through this COVID bullshit situation sports-wise. Uh, Thomas, I'll start with you. Go ahead, man. 
Uh, well, the thing that's got me through um, all this as far as football is the draft. The draft was actually done very good as far as the concept. Actually, I think moving forward, they should start doing the draft like that. Minus all the fake houses and shit <laughs> from, uh, what's his name, Cliffs Kingsbury and shit. That yeah, was ridiculous. Dude. The but penthouse. I was, yeah, I was a huge – yeah, there you go. Um, and I was uh, – a. Uh, I was a huge fan of the Cowboys draft on dinner. I think I felt like we got the best draft in the whole league. Oh, Christ almighty. I do have was, one good thing to say about – I've got one good thing to say about you guys' <laughs> draft. I don't want to give it away too early, though, because it will make me want to puke. <laughs> and, we, and we still got a while to go. So, but, no, the draft is always uh, – the draft is uh, – I loved how tired Roger Goodell was getting as it got into, like, pick 25 and 26 in the draft. You could tell, like, it's past Betty by time for Kamish. And he's sitting there nodding off. It was funny as shit. I'm all for them going to that just for comedic purposes. Uh, <laughs> Bert, give me something that uh, that's, that's tickled your taint during COVID. Well, I got to say that um, I agree with Thomas. The NFL draft definitely helped out and, like, get me excited for the NFL season coming up. Um, and the fact that, you know, with everything going on and just getting prepared for the, the countless, and I use that word very strongly countless fantasy football leagues that i am a part of and here. that's really got me fired up and i'm ready for football this year fantasy football is my favorite drug i've ever taken 100 and and i owe it i owe it to the cowboys rep here my guy thomas for getting me into it oh, yeah. i i know year after and, year obsessively asking you oh dude yeah and i i made fun of it for years i was like this shit's stupid man you know, and then I got into it, and I was like, "This is fucking amazing! This is this is cocaine! This it's is the best thing dragons ever!" Dragons for jobs, basically. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Jack, give me something that uh, that's made you happy during COVID, man. So y'all stole my thunder a little bit there. I was going to touch on fantasy. Uh, being a Redskins fan and your team sucking complete butthole, uh, you get really <laughs> good at fantasy really fast. So. Uh, I've just been uh, – I'd probably do about three mock drafts every other day. Um, just really, really pumped for it. You always have to prep, man. The mock drafts are integral in terms of prep, draft prep. It's, 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 it's foreplay. When's the last time – when's the last time – because I know you're a big fantasy guy too. When's the last time you've drafted a member of the football team? I get – I've been getting Gibson late, but uh, ever since we let go of Geis – his ADP has been rising, so I'm not sure that I'm going to get Gibson anywhere. Uh, and if I'm lucky, Terry McLaurin will fall to the uh, Scary Terry. sixth round, and I'll take Terry McLaurin there all day. There you go. There you go. I mean, he he came on late for you. He came on for you guys last yeah. year. I I and I hate his guts because he's an Ohio State guy. I'm pretty sure, but you know, oh yeah, he is. You know, he he did his thing, man. Didn't see that shit coming because it's not it's not. You don't normally get super late round pick receivers like him to have an explosive year, especially in the rookie year. So. Yeah, and the thing, the thing with Terry is there's no competition for targets in Washington. <laughs> right. Be a target monster. Josh, Josh Doxson didn't exactly work out for you guys super well. Ah, uh, yes, Josh Dotson, the best first round pick since RG three. <laughs> what the hell is he up to now? Is he even on a roster? Dotson was playing for the Jets, but he just opted Jesus. out of the season like two days ago. Well, they're not going to miss him. <laughs> no, not at Jesus. all. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. He's still taking up a, a spot on a 53-man roster. Christ almighty. He, he would have opted <laughs> out even if he was playing anyway. <laughs> right, right. I mean, even I mean, suiting up for the Jets is opting out for the year, basically. 
<laughs> and honestly, I think our, uh, Sam Darnold was going to miss him anyway with the ball. <laughs> they might be the best team in New York. You don't know. Hey, hey, <laughs> not not wrong though. Not wrong. Not wrong. So, all right, let's let's get to let's get to the uh, let's get to the shit talk, fellas. NFC East particular stuff. The reason why we're here. Uh, give me uh, what you like most about your team's off season, and what pissed you off the most in terms of your team's off season. Favorite move, least favorite move. Whatever it may be, hiring, firing, anything. Uh, Jack, I'll start with you this time, man. Okay, so um, there's a big one that uh, jumps right out at a Redskins fan, and that would be uh, Bruce Allen departing <laughs> the, the building, which is obviously huge. He's been a, uh, a wrench in the system for a long time, so that's good to see gone. But uh, moreover, I think um, the, entire, the entire culture change that's taking place is just – Nice to see. It's been a long time coming. Uh, Bruce Allen gone again. Um, and just landing Ron Rivera as fast as we did. I mean, we, yeah. he was probably the best coaching option out there, and we got him immediately. Riverboat so I'm really Ron. stoked on that. I'm stoked on the way Rivera's handling the locker room. Um, he's really taking control. He's letting guys know if you don't want to be here, you can get out. Um, obviously, I'll touch on the guy situation. Uh there's no place in anywhere in society society to be putting your hands on women. I applaud Rivera for kicking him out, and uh, I'm kind of wondering how long until he pops up in a Cowboys uniform. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, do you I think mean, that's a that's an indicator of where I'm going for my biggest like? <laughs> so, uh, so that uh, the culture change would have to be um, the thing I like the most. What pissed me off the most was uh, losing Trent Williams to the 49ers for nothing. A 2025th rounder and a 2021 third rounder. That was just Bruce Allen's uh, final farewell. Fuck you. The way he handled that situation. It's a crying shame. Now, do you think if if Ron Rivera's not there, because again, man, and I'm not as locked into the skins as you are, but so they, it, it, it's culture's been the main thing with the skins for years right so to yep. see a guy like him come in and to take the role that he has with everything going on the clusterfuck with that organization if he's not there if we're still talking about a jay gruden regime do you think they keep guys mm, possibly i mean look at tyreek hill they kept right. tyreek hill in kansas city when when all his domestic stuff popped up right last twice year. But, uh, twice darius guys is no tyreek hill as far as a uh, game-changing factor on the field. So I would say uh, there was probably like a 75% chance they kick Geis off because he's unproven, 25% chance they keep him. But with Rivera, it's 100% you're out of here. Right, right. Well, that's that's what it takes, man. I mean, it, it, there's no – culture's underrated, man. And, and you know that. You played as well, man. The culture of a locker room is incredibly underrated. I don't think it gets enough credit a lot of times for the importance that shit has. I know for us – you know, the Chip Kelly years and, and what Doug Peterson's done, that's the reason we won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It it it, it, it takes a it it took a lot to undo all the bullshit Chip fucked up so quickly. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Absolutely. Shit rolls downhill, man. You gotta you gotta have it right at the top if you want everything else to follow suit. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. Uh Bert, give me your uh your your yays and your, your angers. Well, for me, for the uh, this off season, um, 
I would say that the way that the Giants drafted is something that I looked as a positive. They saw the biggest need that they had, which was offensive line. They had a lot of issues with the offensive line. And they went and they took Andrew Thomas in the first round out of Georgia, who was one of my favorite players in this draft. And I think it's a solid pickup for them to, you know, to be the starting left tackle for the future, next 10, 15 years, blocking Danny Dimes' uh, blind spot. Um, I think Matt Peart, the, uh, the tackle out of UConn that they took in the third round, was a nice selection. He's a project. And with the fact that uh, Nate Solder, you know, opted out, so that gives him a chance to even, you know, get on the field and get some reps in this year, you know, and then taking Shane Lemieux in the fifth round, the uh, the guard out of Oregon, I like that selection too. Um, they saw that that was a big concern and they addressed it. I was very happy about that, and I also like the Blake Martinez signing that they uh, they got the linebacker out of uh, Green Bay. Uh, the dude's a tackling machine. He's a ball hawk, and I think he's going to be an immediate upgrade for what the Giants are looking to do on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the thing I didn't like, and Corey, you're not going to be surprised when I tell you this one. Um, the thing I did not like was that Dave Gettleman kept his job. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love his draft, but I want him fired. <laughs> no, I mean, and it's like, you know, a lot of people were, you know, raving him about, oh, you know, he took Saquon Barkley. You know, he's a really good general manager. Really? A five-year-old could have drafted Saquon Barkley second overall and would have looked good. Jack, would your child, would your son, Jack, would your son have drafted Saquon too over Sam Darnold? Uh, yes. That he was a yes. <laughs> but it's like you know, it, they had they've had bad seasons, you know, for a few years now. In fact, since 2017, the Giants have statistically been the worst team in the NFL, which is amazing considering one of those teams in that time period actually went 0-16, and, and yet we have actually the lowest winning percentage of any team over all those years since 2017. Um, you know, they 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 got rid of uh, – what the hell was his name? The freaking coach. Shermer. They got rid of Shermer after last season. And it's like you're going to – if you're going to fire the coach, you should have fired the general manager. You know, and Dave Gettleman, yes, he had a great draft. But you also got to remember that he he basically traded away Odell Beckham for I mean, yeah, he got a couple of nice pieces in that trade. But he basically just got rid of Odell Beckham because he didn't like him on the team. They just they let uh, Landon Collins go to Washington for practically nothing when they could have tendered him and gotten some kind of draft compensation for him. And, you know, that one still kind of irked me, although getting uh, McKinney out of Alabama in the second round was a definite. Uh, move that they needed to make, and I love that kid. He's going to be plugged in and starting at safety week one. But I mean, the Leonard Williams trade, really? <laughs> do we have to? I mean, do I really need to go into detail about that or the Nate Solder signing that he made with the freaking, uh, you know, the when they signed him from New England? He's just he's made a lot of questionable moves. Yes, he had a great draft this year. He addressed a lot of needs that the Giants had. But it's like now he's he's basically trying to, you know, he's he's fighting for his job. Where are you at with Danny Dimes? He got you a franchise quarterback maybe, yes? I, I like Danny Dimes. Um, the, deer, it, the deer in the headlights. And it's, and it's, it's the old <laughs> adage of you never want to be the guy that replaces a legend. And I know that Eli Manning is oh, like one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But, I mean, still, Eli Manning is one of those guys that, like, every Giant fan loved Eli Manning. They loved the guy, but they loved to hate him at the same time. But, I mean, he was there for so long. The dude was consistent. He went out there and played every single game 
and I respected the guy. He won us two Super Bowls. He's the greatest quarterback the Giants have had at least in my lifetime, and I I grew up with Phil Simms. <laughs> so I, I think that that Jones has the potential to be a really good quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be a fantastic quarterback, but I think he'll be serviceable enough to for the Giants to be competitive down the road. And, hey, just remember, Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson won Super Bowls as starting quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah. They did. They just keep Daniel Jones away from the fraudulent ass merchandise like Eli was. <laughs> and he'll be uh Thomas, what you got, brother, for the Cowboys? I was about to say Eli Manning, he's such a great role model for the uh league and the uh Giants fans ripping them off all those years. <laughs> but but uh, uh just like what Bert said about their draft, I loved our draft, like I said earlier, I already touched on that. But to touch more on it, we gave our secondary more help in the second and fourth round. Got a couple of steals. Trayvon Diggs, Reggie Robinson. Uh, we got so guys good. late that I was one earlier. And we got them in like the fifth round, Bradley and I. And, of course, C.D. Lamb, uh, another weapon for Dak to throw to or not throw to. Um, <laughs> and and um, I would say, like, just basically staying out of trouble for the most part, except for, you know, that seems to be our MO every offseason. We got at least three, four guys arrested. And I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, COVID situation. And, um, you know, we did sign Alden Smith. And I guess Tony Pollard is the ankle injury away from us signing Darius Geis. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple of good free agent signings, too. Dontari Poe and, uh, uh, Clinton Dix, I mean, we'll see how that goes. Uh-huh. That's the hit miss right there. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say, man, and and I, I'm pretty sure I told you before, Reggie Robinson was one of – he oh, was yeah. one of my favorite players in the draft. I fucking love that guy. I mean, I love his game. He's He, to me, was a top-five corner in this draft. He was a low-budget Jeff Okuda to me. I mean, he gets a little handsy at times, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's that shit can be coached. You know what I mean? It. That dude is so good, man. He's so good. His ball skills are great. He can thump you. I love that guy's game, man. He was one of the – there were – when you guys took him, I stood up and yelled, fuck, loudest, because I'm like, of all team. He was one of my favorite players in this draft that wasn't like, yeah, you know, yeah. one, of, one of the big guys. You know what I mean? Him, Logan Wilson out of Wyoming was another one. Jeremy Chin, the safety out of Southern Illinois. You know, he was one of the big guys that I was hoping for. And, you know, when you guys took him, I went, oh, Christ almighty, damn it. You know, but it it, yeah. it it was a hell of a pick, man. Yeah, I was wanting them in the third round, and then we ended up getting them in the fourth round. I was like, well, fuck. Right, yeah, right. And you got uh, you know a us too, the center out of uh, Wisconsin. You can never go wrong. Oh yeah, with yeah. A, You can exactly. never go wrong with an O lineman out of Wisconsin, man. They they make them different. Uh, they make them different up there. We, I mean, we've always had good luck with centers out of Wisconsin too. I, Frederick is was from uh, Wisconsin, yeah. uh, and our old center Al Johnson was from there too. Right, so, right. Yeah, we pretty. But are my biggest dislikes, uh, well, obviously losing a legend like Jason Witten. I mean, you, I, he's close to being on the Mount Rushmore of uh, Cowboys players for me, and that sucked. But uh, I get it though. He was old; his knees are bad and all that shit. But um, I would say keeping Kellen Moore at offensive coordinator was pretty disappointing because I think if you're gonna change your whole coaching staff like that, you should at least start off fresh. And, I mean, 
that guy looks like a goober over there in the headset. <laughs> he looks like Hugh Grant in that mugshot when he got caught with the hooker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just sick and tired of seeing him over there. He passes when he needs to run it. He runs it when he needs to pass it. It's just, it's a lopsided game plan that he always comes out there. Better yeah, than I mean, Linehan, but. Well, hey, Jerry, Thomas, Jerry wants to keep thing. his guys. At least you don't have to stand on the side, you know, watch the Cowboys with uh Jason Garrett clapping on the sidelines anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's you now, Bert. That's gonna be my treat. Are you excited about that? I think you know bringing him in as an offensive coordinator for Joe Judge, who was probably the biggest surprise of all the coaching hires yeah, you got this that offseason. Right. And I'll tell you, I mean, they did a wonderful job putting that coaching staff together. And if Jason Garrett can just be a really good offensive coordinator and help. Joe Judge, you know, gets to that next level as a head coach. I think he's going to be a good hire for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny, man. I mean, and, and for Dallas, too, I think that in Kellen, Kellen Moore stays because, because Jerry Jerry wants – he wants his his fingers on the organization. You know what I mean? Kellen Moore – Kellen Moore gives him that. Kellen Moore's a Jerry guy, you know what I mean? So that way he can he can turn it over to Mike McCarthy, but Jerry's still kind of going to have he's he's going to have his control over the franchise to a certain degree as long as as long as he's still kicking, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. and I mean the reason why we've been putting out some really good drafts lately is I mean obviously Jerry always has the final say, but I mean Will McClay has had a lot of say in the uh, personnel in recent years and you can tell what these draft results and shit. If, but if we can put it on the field, that would be nice. I mean, I'm tired of finishing eight and eight, nine and seven every year. <laughs> I hear you. With this talent, I mean, it's ridiculous. Right, right. So, real quick for the birds, man, I'm going to go. My favorite move, uh, we haven't had a secondary in goddamn a decade. Uh, bringing in Darius Slay, obviously, lockdown corner for the first time in, in, in years. Uh, but not even that so much is bringing in Nikel Roby Coleman, who grades out as one of the best slot corners in the league. Because when you in, – in, in the NFL, we're in 2020. You can, you can move, you know, your best receiver to the slot or whatever to where he's not lining up against Darius Slay. You know what I mean? If, if Schwartz doesn't move Darius Slay to accommodate, say, a Julio Jones or an A.J. Green or whoever, having Nikel Roby Coleman as a slot corner – if Slay isn't on the other team's, you know, top wide receiver, it, it it it's another avenue to lock down the other offense, which we haven't had. I mean, Christ Almighty, our secondary in the past, you know, five six years has been nothing but toast. I mean, it's awful. You know, Nolan Carroll's and and Byron Maxwell got a big contract, and fucking Namdi Asamoah. You know what I mean? And and guys like you know Cravon LeBlanc, who I like, who's still on the roster, but. I mean, you can't, you can't roll these guys. Sidney Jones, like th- these guys aren't. Jalen Mills should not be your best corner. Ronald Darby is a bum. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he's your problem now, Jack. And I apologize in advance. For... Hey, let's go. Uh, he's actually <laughs> not starting, so that's good at least. Oh well, I mean, hell, at least you guys have enough depth where you can sit his ass on the bench because we sure as hell didn't. He was our highest paid corner, which is yeah, yeah. Uh... He's behind Fabian Moreau on our depth chart. So all right, well, that's I good for he... you guys. <laughs> That's good for you guys. So I'm gonna go with uh Slay and Nikel Roby Coleman as the additions to corner. My least favorite move is uh fucking drafting Jalen Hurts. It was a waste of a pick. Uh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me too. <laughs> it was a waste of a pick. The pick that shall remain nameless. I can't even believe I said his name and spoken into existence. You had guys on the board that could have made an immediate impact now and instead and for all these people that are like, Hey, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill was an undrafted free agent. 
that's totally different than spending the 53rd overall pick on a guy. If you can get an undrafted free agent to come in and run a little gadgety bullshit, then awesome. You know what I mean? But spending that high of a draft pick when you had – in such a deep draft where you had, you know, value there at positions of need and to pass that up to go with, you know, another quarterback when you have the franchise already – uh, it, it still gives me PTSD when I see it because they and the birds posted all the pictures of all the draft picks and their official gear uh, last week and it was like okay cool awesome Jalen Rager and there's here's the other fucking Jalen just hanging out you know and it's like why are you putting this out when you already have a guy in fucking car anyway more more on Wentz later because I can I mean if we're being honest I'm a Wentz jock sniffer and I could I could verbally blow him for three hours and and <laughs> I don't want to hold anybody else up with that so. Um, for the next two questions, what I want to do is go around and then after uh, – I want to give everybody a chance to kind of give their thoughts on what the person says about their team as well. This is where maybe we can kind of, you know, shit talk. You know what I mean? So, for – what do you think is the ceiling and the floor for your team this year? What do you consider a success? What do you consider a failure, that gap, that spectrum for your squad? What do you think it is? Thomas, we'll start with you and the Cowboys. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm going to say the ceiling is the Super Bowl, and uh, and I think with the talent that we have, that's possible. But we're we're going to go as far as Dak can take us, and uh, he needs to start taking more chances down the field, like Romo did. I mean, obviously, Romo threw a lot of picks at wrong times and stuff, but you can't make them big plays without taking them chances. And uh, obviously, we need to keep everybody healthy. But uh, I would say the floor is how we are every other year subpar eight and eight nine and seven seven and nine uh i think that's basically where it is for us i don't think that we would go below that barring like maybe zeke getting hurt or well i mean shit if Dak got hurt i think dalton's basically a lateral move so i i agree i agree completely. that's fair you know, that is fair i agree i think i think Andy Dalton in that offense, and that's what's funny to me is, and I'm not even trying to be like shit on the Cowboys guy here, which is a hat I normally have to wear, you know, on this podcast. And it's a hat that I'll gladly wear because, you know, Thomas, I love you, but I fucking hate your team and I know it's mutual. But oh, yeah, I know. for me, it, it you know, you, it, you're paying all this money. Dak wants all this money. You know what I mean? But you have a guy in Andy Dalton. When you look at the teams he had in Cincinnati before these past couple, this is a guy, Andy Dalton, he took the Bengals to the playoffs five years in a row. Your team now, Dallas, is more talented than those Bengals teams. Yes. Andy Dalton can do everything that Dak can do in that offense. But exactly. For, but he's for, a 25 and 10 guy yeah. just like Dak is. But he's, yeah, he's a bargain bin price instead of having to break the bank for a guy who doesn't take into account sponsorship dollars or endorsement deals. You know what I mean? That's my thing. I'm looking at it going, well, Jesus Christ, why would you pay Dak $40 million when you have Andy Dalton on the hook for what is it like five million or something, but significant, yeah. significantly cheaper, and you can like Jackson, it's a lateral move to me. Andy Dalton can do everything that Dak could do. He might not be as mobile or be able to kind of extend the play the way that Andy Dalton does, but he'd make all the throws. You know, he, right. he can turn it around. Right. He can turn it around and hand it to Zeke Elliott just just as well as Dak can. That's what we need to you do know? and play better <laughs> the defense pass wise. <clears throat> Bert, your thoughts. I think that that's a, that's a good assessment on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that team is basically what they are. I think that they're still a, a legitimate threat in the uh, the NFC, specifically the East. 
And I think it's going to end up, and I hate to say this, it's going to end up being a slugfest between Dallas and uh, the Eagles. Yes. And um, I, I do agree with you guys on the whole Andy Dalton thing. I think he got a raw deal in Cincinnati. I think if, you know, him coming to, back to his home state, he is a Texas boy and everything. And, you know, getting to play for the Dallas Cowboys is, uh, is I think this is a dream for him. And I think that he is somebody who, if anything does happen to Dak, he can step right in and he can produce for the Cowboys. Jack, what do you got, brother? Well, I just want to say, hearing that the ceiling is the Super Bowl from a Dallas Cowboys fan is like a <laughs> fucking broken record is going off in my living room. Um, but I, I actually do think that their ceiling is close to that this year. I, I think they'll make the playoffs, uh, whether it be in the wild card or if they win the East, it'll be a slugfest between uh, you and Philly, like uh, Bert said. But um, I think they're going to have trouble with some of the more powerhouse teams um, if they do make it into the playoffs. Uh, your New Orleans or San Francisco, uh, they're going to have a tough time with them. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think uh, the floor being 8-8, eight and eight, um, that's probably also fair. Uh, I don't see you guys losing losing to us this year at all. I don't see you guys losing to the Giants. So that's I don't either. <laughs> that's four wins right there. So you know you can get four more somewhere else. So you probably hit the nail on the head with the uh, the floor there. Yeah. Who was the live burp? That was hot. Thank you. <laughs> Normally that's me. So I'm just I'm excited to have somebody else to blame it on. Uh, Bert, who uh, live burps and holds up the Skype session, what do you got for us on the uh, on your on your squad? I have no faith in the New York Giants this year. Yes, they've made a lot of uh, nice moves in the draft, but those guys have to get in there and they have to develop. Um, I think that the problems with the Giants is their secondary is garbage. They're Swiss cheese. You know, they 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 uh, they paid a lot of money to Bradbury, who it's like. Is this guy really a number one corner that's going to be governing guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones? And it's like you paid him all this money when you could have gotten somebody else, like maybe even a Byron Jones, and paid him, you know, to be your number one corner. Two million, uh, and then two our, more our number two corner got you, is Byron. a guy that I know you loved the year before, Corey, <laughs> and that was DeAndre Baker. I have is, never uh, been. I have never been more wrong on a fucking player. <laughs> I have never been more wrong. And it's just like, you know, him getting arrested and, and all that shit. And now he's on the uh, commissioner's exempt list. And, you know, now this story just keeps getting more weird and weird. And it's like the guy didn't play well at all last year. He was getting burnt like toast, you know, for the good probably two-thirds of the season, you know. And eventually he figured it out a little bit near the end. But it's like you're you're, you're a young kid. You're a 20-something-year-old corner. And you get – and you you're robbing people at a party? <laughs> and then you bribe the people at the party saying that you didn't actually do it. I, I would I would have made a statement there and just cut his ass. It's right. like so. And, and what really got me the most was the kicker, Aldrick Roses, lost his job because he had, you know, he had a DUI and, a, <laughs> and run. And it's like, yeah, we're going to cut this guy. We're going to bring in some guy named Canazero or some shit like that. Chandler. I don't know who the hell our kicker is now. But uh, it's like, but you're not going to cut DeAndre Baker? I love the visual really quickly of a kicker, fucked up, hammered, drooling and pissing on himself, just bombed behind the wheel, whacking somebody, <laughs> and just, just taking off running. <laughs> like a kicker, a kicker so, of all positions, so, the soccer player. 
So for me, I think I, I don't think there's like a ceiling or a floor. I think no matter what, the Giants are going to be somewhere in like the five eleven to seven and nine range. I think seven and nine is a little bit of a stretch, but even a blind squirrel can find a nut. So I would say that's the range that the Giants are going to have this year. All right, what about the floor? Oh, five eleven. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Um, they're not. They're not going to be good, but they're not going to be terrible. As much as I want them to be terrible, because then Gettleman is gone, and then I can celebrate and get absolutely shit housed. But I would say five and eleven to seven and nine is where the Giants are going to finish this year. I think that's about accurate. I think you guys have definitely one of the best running backs in the league in Saquon Barkley. Shout out Penn State PSU alum. Um, so I'm admittedly partial to the guy, but I think that's not debatable. He's a top five running back in the league. He's elite. The wide receiving core is a bit of a disaster. When Darius Slayton is your de facto number one, that sounds like an abortion. Um, <laughs> Daniel Jones, I'm not completely sold on him. But that being said, I mean, you know that. I laughed hysterically when you guys drafted him last year because I knew how bad you didn't want him. And then they took him. Gettleman took him at six. And I went, holy shit. I, he did surprise me, man, because he had a couple games, what, five touchdowns or four? Am I giving him one yeah. too many? I th- they said uh, the statistically there's only been four times that a rookie threw for I think it was over 300 yards and five touchdowns in a game uh, yeah. and I think I think Jameis Winston had one and Danny Dimes actually had the other three games. <laughs> He's not. You don't want to be. You don't want your quarterback to be in any convo with Jameis. But <laughs> no, I agree but, with that. Yeah, but no. It, 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 yeah, dude. I mean, I like I said, he he looked better than. He looked better than than I expected. I would not be keeping him in a fantasy football league, but I, I, you know, and I'm glad that certain people did not. But you know, it, it, it <laughs> you know, he he surprised me. He was better. He was better than I thought he would be. What do you got on the? Uh, what do you got on the uh, the the football midgets, Jack? I think they better hope Saquon Barkley doesn't. Uh get a high ankle sprain like he did last year because that guy is going to be the offense in yep. New York. I, he's incredible. I love watching him play football. He's the uh, the closest thing to Barry Sanders I've seen. That guy can play. Yeah, he can. No doubt about it. He's he's a generational back, and it's it's you can't – you know, like we were saying earlier, you, taking a running back these days or in the last few years, second overall – you know, it's typically kind of, you know, cutting your nose off to spite your face. But when you have a generational back like him and McCaffrey as well, who's a top 10 pick, it's worth it. Thomas, what do you got on uh, the the Burts? The Elgantes. Um, to echo what Jack said, I mean, they need to take Bob Barkley out there. If they don't have him out there, then they're a 2-3 win team. But, I mean, if he's Agreed. out there and Daniel Jones uh, produces and uh, matures as the quarterback, they could go to 7-9 like Burt said. But, uh, you know, he just got a hold on to the ball, you know. He fumbled too much, but he has had some excellent gameplay, like I said. No doubt, no doubt. So, I'm going to go ahead here, stick in uh, alphabetical order by the city. I'm going to get uh, get the birds out of the way. I'm also going to echo Thomas. I think uh, f- the ceiling for us is, is and I, this one comes with an asterisk, if 11 is healthy. You know, and you guys can feel free to throw in all the all the Wences and cripple jokes. If Carson is right, this team's a contender. You know what I mean? The the speed that has been added to this offense in the draft, Jalen Rager, 
Quez Watkins, John Hightower made the trade for Marquise Goodwin, but he opted out to COVID, which I get for everybody that wants to knock on him on Eagles social media and call him a pussy because he's not wearing green every Sunday. Look, this is a guy who, and this happened in three-week hiatus of the podcast, but this is a guy who, him and his wife have gone through several miscarriages. He's got a five-month-old baby, and you want this guy out here fucking running, running post corners? Why? You know, he, it's just, I mean, Christ almighty. But take him out of the equation, even without Mark, you know, Marquise Goodwin, Jalen Rager, as I said, Quez Watkins, John Hightower, all burners, particularly Rager and Watkins. Those are two I like a lot. Hightower, I think, is going to be more kind of like a punt returner, kick returner type guy. You've got Alshon Jeffrey as well, who, eh, jury's still out on him, but when he's healthy, you know, if, if he's not the Judas that he reportedly was, and I bring that up every time, and if it's not him, I feel like an ass, but that report that was constantly circling around him, if he's upright, never dropped the pass a couple years ago, and last year had the dropsies repeatedly, couldn't catch clap in a whorehouse. Uh, I still like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside as a draft pick. He was a second-rounder last year. Um, you have Deshaun Jackson, who admittedly I'm not the biggest fan of when it comes to, you know, most Eagle fans love wearing their number 10 jerseys. I've just never really been a big fan of the guy since Dante Robinson blew his ass up uh, years ago. I think his second year, 2009, 2010 maybe it was. He's not for anything except go routes. That's all he's interested in. He's like DK Metcalf, but way smaller. So I like the speed we've added to the offense. The loss of Brandon Brooks is a motherfucker. That's probably the worst loss you could have on this team, save for Carson. So if 11 is upright, again, asterisk, I will give us the ceiling of the Super Bowl. But if he is not healthy, again, there is the loss of Brandon Brooks, who blew his ACL. Defense did get better, which should, you know, which, which should help because there's a lot of times where we're chasing teams. We're chasing teams. It wasn't like the Super Bowl year we were, where we would get out to a massive lead because we had a slot corner and Patrick Robinson did not have that last year, and it made a huge difference. So we're constantly trying to keep pace with teams, you know, like like the Washington football team. Jack, every year when we play the first week of the season, the final score is fucking 32-25, to 25 and there's some backdoor cover at the end every single time. You know what I mean? So hopefully this year we won't have to keep pace with teams constantly. But I think if Wentz goes down – and you have no Brandon Brooks. You have all these other guys out there in a in a in an off season where the red the schedule is not there, the routine that these guys are used to with COVID, and you're not you're you have Jalen Hurts, you know, out there working with all these guys that are also young as fuck. That was supposed to be the cabinet in the cupboard being stocked by Howie Roseman to avoid the Greg Wards and all this other shit that happened last year in December. I think Boston, it's when Scott, right? You know, Baby Yoda. <laughs> so, it if if it all hinges on it all hinges on Carson because I think much like Russell Wilson, and I think our roster top to bottom is way better than Seattle's. But I comp the importance of Wentz to the importance of Russell Wilson because I think if you if you take Russell Wilson off that Seattle, if if you take him off of Seattle and you just give him to another team. Seattle's a fucking mess. They're 3-13. and 13. And I think we're not far off, if I'm being honest. Again, I think our roster is better. Jalen Hurts could end up being fucking Pat Mahomes. I don't know. I don't think, and I don't think he should get the opportunity anyway as long as 11's good to go. So I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go ceiling, Super Bowl, floor, uh, 
If Carson isn't healthy, I'm going to go a floor of about maybe six and ten. If he is healthy, I'm going to go a floor of, you know, eight and eight or so. Average. Uh, Thomas, go ahead and blast me for my opinions. No, I mean, you're right. Because with 11 out there, he's definitely talented and everything. And um, obviously, you got to have him healthy and stuff. You got to have successful seasons. Without that, I don't think Jalen Hurts or Sudfield are going to do anything for the birds. But um, also, not just Carson Wentz staying healthy, but you also got to get more consistent receiving play. Obviously, right. y'all addressed that in the draft and through moves and stuff. But, uh, I mean, there was a couple plays or several plays where they were dropped first downs and stuff, and that's oh, the difference yeah. between scoring 20-plus points and 40-plus points. Like you said, uh, 32-25, you know, could have been 35-32. Uh, you know what I mean? Right, if right. those plays had been made, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it, it was maddening last year, man. I mean, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside dropped the pass at the end of the Detroit game. That would have been a win if he hangs on. I mean, it, it was just – it was constant, but, you know, I think that the emphasis was overly placed on receiver this year to the point where it was kind of, you know, aggressively egregious. But, hey, at least this way, if, you know, if COVID ends up hitting the receiver room, we still got guys out there that, you know, aren't fucking aren't <laughs> stock boys at fucking Acme, for Christ's sake. Bert, it can't get worse. Right, exactly, exactly. He was throwing to, you know, fucking deck chairs last year. So it you can't go anywhere but up from that. Bert, what do you got? I agree with Steve Corey. I, I think that the Eagles, <laughs> how they play and how well they're going to play is solely on if number 11 can play 16 games this year. If he gets hurt, I think that the Eagles are going to be in trouble because it's going to hurt them. To oh, start Christ killing. almighty. There's, there's the pun. But uh, I, I do think you guys really need to establish the running game a little bit more this year. And the fact that Miles Sanders is going to be the premier back oh, for the I love Eagles him. I love is him. a good move for them. I think it was Jordan Howard was the guy that they lost that they went to Miami yep. uh, who was splitting carries. So, um, but I, I think that Miles Sanders is one of those guys that he's a definite three down back for the Eagles. Um, he's not a terrible ca- uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, getting him, you, you know, utilizing him in the offense. You guys still have Dallas Goddard and, you know, Zach Ertz's tight ends. Um, you know, Ertz is one of the top five tight ends in the NFL, in my opinion. And I think with the additions that you guys have made at wide receiver and, the, and you know, what you guys have done in the secondary. Um, yeah, I would say that the, the Super Bowl is your guys ceiling for sure. And I would say your floor uh, with Carson is about eight and eight. And without Carson, I think you guys are like a six and ten team. I am obsessed with Miles Sanders. It's not just the Penn State thing, but I'm telling you that guy, I watched him every every week between Penn State and in and, and, and the birds for the past couple of years. That fucking guy can do everything, man. He can do everything. And he I thought he should have been the lead back last year, and I was on the, the hype train of we don't need Jordan Howard back. Get him out of here. Let 26 be the lead back. And Peterson's a running back by committee guy, so there's always going to be spots of Boston Scott and, you know, fucking baby Yoda in there. But making 26, the, the the hopefully, and Deuce Staley referred to him as he's going to be the workhorse this year, you know, the undisputed number one back, I think it's going to be nothing, nothing but good things for this offense because he was – there were times where that's all – Carson had last year literally so now year two bigger role I think he's going to be a fucking monster Jack what do you got 
I, uh, I just want to say I hope nobody that I play fantasy with is listening to this because I am really excited about this Philadelphia offense. Um, going to touch on a couple of the players that you guys already did, but Miles Sanders is a screaming value in the late first, early second round in drafts. Would love to have him. Um, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager's going in the 10th round, and with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson both you know, nursing – Wounds. I think Jalen Rager has a chance to lead this offense yep. in targets. Yep. Yep. I mean, and he could just be an animal right out of the gates. He's a dark horse offensive rookie of the year candidate. Agree. Um, really excited about him. Of course, you got the best tight end tandem in the league with Goddard and Ertz. Goddard is an animal. I don't know how he got knocked out from a sucker punch in a fucking I, North Dakota bar. Uh, dude. Because that must have been a beast of a man that hit that guy. <laughs> right, right. And to, to that point, man, I've been saying for a long time, or not and it, 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 as recently as this past year, I love Zach Ertz. I love Zach Ertz, man. But it, the more he starts pulling it, you know, hey, I want more money, I, I kind of like Goddard's game better. I'm not taking anything away from Ertz, but – when I watch them, Goddard is way more physical to me. Zach Ertz is big as fuck, and he's being taken down by, you know, 5'10", 185-pound safeties. Bro, uh-huh. you, need to, you need to body these motherfuckers. And yeah, that's what yeah. I like about Get Goddard. Get a little gronk in you. It, right, exactly, man. I don't think he has that in him. Love the guy. He's a beast. But he'll, he'll, he'll go down sometimes to the first tackler when he shouldn't, and Goddard will take somebody head on. Right on. And also, correct me if I'm wrong here, but what I've seen from Goddard is he just has a knack for getting open. He does. That guy finds that guy finds open patches of field, and uh, that's what you need in a tight end, especially when pra- plays are breaking down. Yep. You know, Ca- Carson can extend a play, yep. and Goddard's going to get open. And uh, defenses aren't going to be able to prioritize him, you know. They're going right. to be putting everybody on Ertz or Rager or – Deshaun or Alshon, if they're out there, I mean, he's like the last thing the defense is worried about. So, you know, you got the the least talented player covering Goddard. He's going to get open. Yeah. Well, the, the only thing that the only thing that's missing from Goddard's game is he's not he's not great in pass pro. You know what I mean? That that's kind of a bummer. But at the same yeah, time, stick about stick him out there in the slot. right, right, exactly, man, exactly. So, I mean, there's ways you can get around that. And Miles Sanders is a guy who can chip because I mean, for his size, he'll get he'll get He'll get in there and he'll get dirty. He'll, you know, he'll give eleven an extra couple split seconds to extend the play and do what he's got to do. I'm with you. I love Jalen Rager. As this receiver room sits currently, I'm not talking about body of work, obviously, because Alshon's a guy that's been in the league for years. Same with Deshaun. Jalen Rager's a rookie, hasn't even taken a fucking snap in the NFL yet. I think right now, as it sits, though, Jalen Rager's the best receiver on this roster. I don't even think it's debatable. You yeah, know, I, I he, would have to agree. He's and, not uh, going to be. The last thing about the Eagles I do want to touch on before it's uh, not my turn is uh, Darius Slay. Darius Slay is just the man. Y'all, uh, y'all got super fucking lucky getting Darius Slay on your team. Love him. Agreed. We, we fleeced Detroit. We gave him a third and a fifth rounder, and we still had a third rounder left. So basically, all we did was give up a fifth rounder for one of the best fucking corners. Yeah, in the I know. I know. Bill Belichick didn't teach that to Matt Patricia. What the <laughs> fuck? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What uh? What's your uh, what's your ceiling and what's your floor for the football team, man? Okay, so um, with the ceiling, uh, I really want to just touch on a couple of things. The first thing I'll touch on is um, our defensive front. Our when we drafted uh, Chase Young, our defensive front, in my opinion, I mean, 
we are absolutely stacked. And switching to the 4-3 under Jack Del Rio, I think we're going to be a problem up front. I mean, we got Ryan Kerrigan on one end, Chase Young on the other. Montez Sweat backing them up. You got Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne in the middle with Matt Ioannidis backing them up. I mean, that's a serious defensive line. And our linebackers aren't too bad either. You know, we, we got Thomas Davis from Carolina who can hopefully still play. We just we just activated Reuben Foster. Maybe he's got something left in the tank. He's on, at the top of our depth chart right now. So um, maybe, maybe Reuben Foster steps in and is a problem back there uh, with these big four guys eating up blocks up front. Um, John Bostic playing middle linebacker. He's serviceable. Um, the secondary still uh, is cause for concern, but um, I think we could. Uh, I think we could hold a few teams to two scores and maybe maybe um, sneak in a couple wins here this season. Um, the other thing for my ceiling I want to touch on is uh, the real ceiling for this season will be coming out of it, finding out if Dwayne Haskins is our guy or not. Yep. That's the real ceiling. Is mm-hmm. if we find out if it's if it's going to be Dwayne's team moving forward, and you and I don't think you can knock Dwayne for last year at all. You're putting him into one of the worst situations in the NFL. I mean, this guy's got a first round pedigree. I mean, he came out of Ohio State um, and was the man. You know, Dak. Where Dak played Mississippi State. Daniel Jones played at Duke. Carson played at North Dakota State. I mean, right. I think. I think Dwayne, you know, if he comes out and actually has a line blocking for him and can, you know, get it together a little bit between the ears, I think he has a ceiling just as high as any of the quarterbacks in the NFC East. Um, But, again, it's a team sport, and we're going to have to block for the man and get open for the man. Um, With that, all that being said, I think our ceiling, if everything goes right, would be, you know, six and nine – or no, ten and six. You know, nine and seven. Uh, or no, seven and nine, six and ten. My bad. <laughs> Said those completely backwards. Uh, you know, six or seven wins, maybe. Uh, but I really think that hitting that ceiling would be bad for the team because I, I don't think we have any chance of making the playoffs. I, you know, personally, I want to see I want to see Dwayne out there getting better. But I'd like to see us still uh, retain high draft equity. Um, so, with that being said, I think our floor is 0-16 Trevor Lawrence Town, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, either either him or do you do you go, if you've got the first overall pick, okay, do you, would you rather see Trevor Lawrence or, you know, like, okay, two years, seen enough of Haskins, or, you know, you go that route with Trevor Lawrence, or you'd maybe try and trade back a few picks and maybe give him a Jamar Chase and give him one more, one more shot in 2021. You know, um, that is an interesting question. I think best-case ca- best scenario for our team, we, we lose a lot and we see Dwayne is good, and then we do make a high-value trade at the top of the draft and get maybe an offensive lineman. Uh, Chase plays line, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for sure, um, that would be best-case scenario. We lose a lot. Dwayne is good. And we draft linemen uh, to get right in the trenches. This game's one in the trenches. Yep. You know it. I know it. Yep. Uh, everybody who knows Dick about football knows it. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I'll say this, man. The the that front seven is is especially the D line. Like you said, that's is with the addition of Chase Young, and because you, you guys had a good D line last year, that's almost 
I don't want to say a luxury pick, but it wasn't the biggest need on the roster. And I, I'm, I'm of the opinion I think Chase Young's a generational pass rusher. Again, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Chase Young was a luxury pick. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to be the next uh, Julius Peppers, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. He's going to make a lot of noise. He's going to have a lot of, you know, 15, 18 sack years. He's going to raise a lot of hell in the division for years to come. And that'll be my that'll be my first football team jersey I purchased. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. All right, uh Bert, what do you got on the uh on the team that wears numbers on the side of their helmets now? I'm not even gonna say a ceiling or a floor. I'm just gonna say two words to describe what the Redskins are gonna do this year. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at it. Right, it could it could be a lot worse. That's for damn I sure. I am not mad at it. Yeah. Thomas, what do you got, brother? Well, hey, uh, Jack, if none of that works out, Dak Prescott should be available next year. <laughs> yeah, you, you can go ahead and fuck yourself on that one, buddy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure Jerry Dunn probably will end up giving him the money, but I damn sure wouldn't. Um, hey, like I'd, you said, yeah. I'd rather have Colt McCoy back from New York. Jesus. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, yeah, the defense looks good, Jack. I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. Y'all are young. And Chase Young, he's a future uh, defensive MVP. And uh, uh, with Ron Rivera there and Jack Del Rio, y'all should be good defensively. It's, it's all about the offense. I don't think y'all are going to be able to generate enough points to make any noise this year. But, I mean, give it a year or two. Y'all might be back, back with y'all. Or uh, uh, in the 90s. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, Thomas, who wins the division, man? Uh, Well, since it's an even year, we've pretty much been uh, going back and forth, Corey. Yep. I'd say the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. It's 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 weird. Nobody's – I can't even remember the last time. Right, yeah, nobody's repeated as division winner in, in the NFC East, and I think since the early 2000s. Which is a mind fuck when you think about it. Bert, who you got winning the division? I just wanted to point out that the NFC East, I think, has gone back to the days of it being the division that nobody wants to win. Definitely but the case last to, year. Gun to my head, and I have to pick somebody to win it. I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I echo those sentiments just because I bleed green, and I I ha I, I fucking have to say it, right? I have to. I mean, I believe it, yes, yeah. but it it unequivocally it's it's gonna come down, and I mean this is no disrespect. Look, if we do this, and in, in, you know, a month from now, two months from now, we do another one of these. We could be. I mean, Christ, look at look at look at look at Major League Baseball right now and the fucking Miami Marlins. They're COVID infested asses. They fuck my Phillies, right? So it, it, it could be we do one of these in 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 a month or two. And who knows? Maybe the Giants or the football team have have a surprising three, four, and one start. You know what I mean? It's possible. But I think ultimately the division comes down between the birds and the boys. And and I I gotta go birds over boys every time, man. Who do you got, Jack? Well, obviously Washington. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, <laughs> no. Uh, as much as it pains me to say this, um, I I think Dallas is going to get it right. I think they're going to run the ball down down a lot of people's throats they're not going to put the ball in Dak's hands if they're smart um I I see Dallas taking it unfortunately I, I'm super excited about Philly um but I just I don't know man I just my heart's telling me that Dallas has got it this year 
Yeah, it, it's hard well, to argue. I appreciate man. it, Jack. It's hard to argue. Like I said, at the end of the day, man, if if Dallas wins the division, I'm not I'm not going to be fucking shocked. You know what I mean, Thomas? I'd venture to say if we won the division, you wouldn't be shocked either. Aside from the fact that you know, then there would actually be a repeat champion. Holy shit, which hasn't happened since you know Andy Reid was still hanging around trolling the sidelines in the NFC. You know what I mean? It's been forever. Like yeah. you said, you know, so. You know, we'll we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. It'll definitely be – it's always a fun division. It's always a fun division. Only division in the NFL, obviously, you know, where every team's got a Super Bowl. Literally the only division. Yeah. So, it's always – the most Super Bowl. Right. It's always a fun ride, man. So, let's, uh, let's take a quick trip before we get the hell out of here. Let's take a quick trip uh, around the entire league real quick. Let's encompass all 32 teams. Let's kind of go rapid fire here a little bit, you know, little analysis and everything. But let's let's get these in real quick. Who do you got for uh, for league MVP, Thomas? I'll start with you. Uh, I'm gonna go with Russell Wilson this year. I think that this is gonna be his year to win it. All right, Bert, who you got? Mahomes. Ah, oh, fucking fucking chalk. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, just as you went chalk, I'm gonna be douchebag Homer, and I'm gonna go with Carson Wentz. Jack, who you got? Of course you are. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously Mahomes. Uh, Kansas City, we're looking at the next dynasty. I'd yep, be yep. surprised if anybody uh, if anybody beats them in the AFC championship game for the uh, for the next three or four years. They're just a fucking monster They're powerhouse. Filthy. They're filthy, dude. It, 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 it's disgusting how loaded that team is. And it, when you can make just luxury picks up and down the draft, it's, it's disgusting. To that note, it, uh, who do you got? Offensive rookie of the year, Jack. Where are you going? Uh, same team. You know the deal. It's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He is going to be a problem. With Damian Williams opting out, the backfield reins are his. He's going he's gonna to have 80 or 90 catches easy. I see him at 12 to 15 touchdowns, 1,000 yards on the ground. He's the next uh, Christian McCaffrey in fantasy. He's going to be an absolute stud. I agree 100%. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I want to mention him as well, but first, I'm gonna, because it is such a quarterback award, as we saw last year, because I still argue Josh Jacobs should have got it over Kyler Murray. But they, Absolutely. Gave, they gave it to Applehead-ass Kyler Murray because quarterback. Alligator arms. <laughs> right. I think, I think this is Joe Burrow's award to lose, and I think – He's got every opportunity to win it. I, I like Cincinnati this year. It's kind of like a, you know, a super pesky team. But if not, I was going to mention Edwards Hilaire as well because I'm telling as as an Andy Reid guy, as soon as they took Edwards Hilaire, that's Brian Westbrook 2.0 in that offense. That's immediately what I thought of when they had their pick of any running back in the draft and they took Edwards Hilaire because what he brings in the passing game, like you said, he can do everything. Edwards Hilaire out of the backfield as well. In the passing game, I see Brian Westbrook 2.0, who was a fucking monster for us for years, as my, I guess, dark horse, which he's not even really a dark horse, Burrow slash Edwards Hilaire. Burt, who do you got, Burt, as the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year? Uh, the Offensive Rookie of the Year is Joe Burrow's uh, award to lose. And I think that with the weapons that the Bengals have, I think that he's going to ultimately end up winning the uh, Rookie of the Year offensively. Thomas, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to agree with y'all, uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, my cousin uh, Boyd is going to have a big uh, year this year. He is, he is. I also want to throw in a, a, a super dark horse with Brandon Ayuk, San Francisco. Love that guy. Um, defensive rookie of the year, Thomas, who you got, brother? Damn it, you took mine. <laughs> 
Patrick Queen from Baltimore. I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I love that guy's game. Linebacker man. It, it, Baltimore. He, when you, when I mean, you put a mop together, a, a he was the first one I linked constantly. And he was a guy that I kind of wanted at 21 because we need linebackers. I love his game. He can fucking raise hell at the line of scrimmage and blow shit up. He's a sideline to sideline guy, all oh, facets yeah. of the game. The only downside is he's a one year starter. But if you're going to be a, a, a linebacker that only started for one year in college, the best team to go to is Baltimore. You know, that's that's the linebacker squad. So. Bert, who you got? Defensive, uh, defensive, D-Roy. Everybody's, it's Homer. I'm going to go Homer on this one. I'm going to go with McHenry. I I think that he's really going to make an impact on the Giants secondary. He's going to be a starter, like I said, from the first snap of week one. And it's like, yeah, I like, I, and I like Patrick Queen. You know, I like Patrick Queen a lot, but I think that he's going to kind of get overshadowed by the players that they have on Baltimore. Whereas uh, McKinney has a chance to, you know, be the the big new There's player. There's nothing McKinney can on the do. Defensive he's side one of, the of those ball. tweener guys and the now. That, you know, Isaiah Simmons and I think he's going to make a lot of plays for them. Cannon, that you could, he's a chess piece. You could put him fucking anywhere. He's one of the guys I said here when this podcast launched in April. He was one of the guys before the draft. I said, if, yep. we, if we go McKinney at 21, I'm not going to be pissed just because you can you can put him anywhere on the defense and he can he can make noise for you. Jack, who you got as a defensive rookie of the year, man? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, thanks for the beach ball yeah. size. It, well, that's sharp uh, for sure. It's got to be Chase Young, right? Got to be Chase Young. <laughs> I mean, the n- number one overall pick, best uh, best defensive line prospect since Julius Peppers. I mean, the guy's going to be an absolute stud. It might be hard to win a uh, award like that on a team. That's oh, for not sure. Winning, I think but, he gets. Where do you put the over under with him? Ten I see and a half, him pushing 12, for a big ten and a half, eleven and a half. You take the over? I was I, I was going to say eleven or twelve, but I like the, I think I like that's the a good call, man. I think that's a good call. He's he's generational, man. He's I'll take the over. He's, he's, he's special. Who you got, man? Is your uh, is your dark horse team, Jackie? It could be either AF, AFC or NFC. Okay. Oh, this one's uh, easy for me. It's the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Their team is just loaded. They are loaded on the defensive side of the ball. Bosa. Fowler, is it? Um, God, who'd they get? They just got the guy from the Jaguars. The, uh, or no, he's on the no, he's on the Rams. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. But uh, the chart, uh, the chart. My kids screaming at me in the background. The Chargers are loaded on the defensive side of the ball. If they can get decent quarterback play, I agree. Out Love Derwin James, and they also now they have the Swedish uniforms in, in all the football. Top to bottom loaded. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Denver Broncos, man. I love Drew Locke. I'm a Drew Locke guy. Oh, I absolutely. think adding when you have Cortland Sutton already, and you add Jerry Judy, who can line up outside or in the slot. You could put him either way. KJ Hamler in the slot. You've got three wide. Cortland Sutton, Hamler in the slot. Judy, Drew Locke's arm with Judy and Hamler, the speed that they bring to the table. If if they can keep Drew Locke clean. Denver can make some noise, especially when you have a year like this where COVID and that that altitude there at mile high can get you anyway. When you don't, when everything's up in the air, that's a constant. 
is that altitude at mile high. Teams fucking hate going to play there. So if they can keep Drew Locke's ass upright with, with Ed and Judy and Hamler to Cortland Sutton and his arm, I love what they can do offensively. Bert, who you got as your dark horse? Uh-oh. Marlon, Marlon Mack, Bert. Marlon Mack, I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. And um, Jonathan you know, they Taylor, the playoffs too. last year. Um, I was waiting for that. Um, you know, you know, I, I think that you know they have really good running backs between Mack and Taylor. They're going to definitely split some of those carries between the two of them. They have some. They definitely have some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, seeing, I'm curious to see how DeForest Buckner will actually uh, transition playing for the Colts after he was a monster for the 49ers. There was a reason why the Colts created a first-round pick to get him from San Francisco. And, you know, hey, they, they picked up Phillip Rivers. And I think that Phillip Rivers is an immediate upgrade for them at the quarterback position. And if there was a team that I could see Hell of an sneaking by line Kansas they've City, got in a great offensive just because if Frank Kansas City Wright. has a Thomas, bad game, got, it's brother. the Colts. Okay. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I know I give uh, a lot of shit to uh, Alligator Arms Murray, but I really love his weapons. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins coming over here. Yeah. There's a plus. Uh, Kenyon Drake uh, made some noise late in the season last year as well. Um, yeah, if their here, defense here. Can, yep. Yeah, uh, if their defense can make some plays, I mean, I really think they could be 9-7, and 10-6. and six. At least sneak uh, in. They're not well, going to win seven, the division, seven obviously, but they can spots, sneak into yeah, a wild so, card you have, what is it, And three you only have one now, that's right? getting the bye, which is goofy. That's a conversation for another day. I don't know about you guys. I hate it. Yeah. But so, yeah. Uh, who – who the NFC the, – the NFC West is interesting. Who – rapid fire, who do you guys think finishes yeah. last? I'm going Rams. Ooh. Shots Rams. across the bow. Yeah. Who you got, Bert? Who finishes last in the Arizona. NFC West? All right, um, let's go. Uh, let's close out with uh, Super Bowl predictions in August because it's never too early to look back uh, months later and realize how fucking wrong you were. Thomas, who you got? <laughs> well, I've been wrong the last what? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Twenty-five years. I'm gonna go ahead and go Cowboys. Bert, Ravens. Who you got? <laughs> Hold on. First of all, I have to I have to resuscitate my heart because I'm shocked that he picked the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I'm shocked, Thomas. Yes, I know. It's usually the Patriots and the Cowboys, but yeah. Oh Lord. Um, no. you're you're gonna love this one, no. Corey. I'm gonna say Philadelphia represents the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. But uh, I think that the uh, the Kool Aid man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suck up to you and I'm gonna rip your fucking heart out. Super Bowl this year, so Uh, I'm going cheat. Look, if we're gonna lose, there's nobody I'd rather lose to in the Super Bowl than Big Red. I'm fucking happy as shit. He finally got one. I'm gonna go. uh, He fucking deserves it, dude. More than anybody, he deserves it more than anybody. Um, I'm gonna go. Yeah, me too. uh, Baltimore out of the AFC. Likewise. And uh, NFC, I'm gonna go with a bit of a surprise. Uh, again, love the quarterback. Fucking hate the roster. I'm gonna go Seattle out of the NFC. Uh, I Russell Wilson is that damn good. I I I, I realize that's kind of like, you know, throwing darts. I don't think I don't I I wouldn't bet my fucking house on it. But you know, when I'm putting it together, hey, let's do Super Bowl prediction. Like you know what? Let me let me roll the dice with Russ because he's that good. Even though 
I could I could totally do without all the Christ references in the postgame presses. Jack, who you got as a Super Bowl prediction? Um, out of the NFC, I think New Orleans is still built to win a Super Bowl. That team is stacked from top to bottom. Their defense is good. The offensive weapons we already know about. I think they get it right in the playoffs and stop losing to teams like the Vikings. Uh, so give me New Orleans. Uh, of course, yeah, losing to who's got the Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. They're, uh, they're Somebody's the got the hiccups. Dynasty. Bert, is that you? I was just say somebody somebody's got something caught in their throat. Jesus. I had a, I had a, I had All right, a, fellas, well, let's uh, let's let's go on and get out of here and enjoy our nights. I I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I know I did. Um, it it was a lot of fun. We'll definitely do it again. So closing statements uh, from each of you on behalf of your team or whatever you want. Jack, you go first. Corey, I had a blast. Thank you for having me on. Uh, hopefully, this is my segue into podcasting because um, I spend a no big problem, brother. amount Looking of my time to listening again, man, to football sure. podcasts. Bert, what do you got? Uh, it's been incredible to be a part of one. First of all, Corey, I'd like to say thank you for inviting me on here. I had a blast today being able to talk football. Uh, Jack and Thomas, I'm definitely looking forward to talking to you guys about football. Uh, later on this season. Um, oh, but if you don't mind, I'd like to do a little bit of a, a shout-out to myself and a plug my stuff. Go ahead, Bert. Go ahead, Bert. Um, Jack's son doesn't want you to, and I agree with him, but go ahead. Hey, I like to do it on my podcast, so you know what? It... <laughs> but uh, anyway, for any wrestling fans that are actually watching or listening to this podcast, uh, I am co-host of the uh, fastest-growing podcast, two guys that talk about professional wrestling. Well, drinking 40 is a Colt 45 because if the 40 don't get you, the 5 will. And that is the F and Marks. The letter T, the letter H, the letter E, the F, the letter N, M-A-R-K-S. The F and Marks. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, and Instagram. There you go. And if you're if so, you uh, if you are in the a, if you're you know, in the wrestling shot, and uh, Philadelphia like Eagles demo. We want we we want your input, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, Thomas, what do you got, brother? Yeah, go ahead, man. Are you talking to me, Corey? Oh yeah, hey, I appreciate you inviting me on here. Uh, thanks to Justin too, as well. Uh, Jack and Bert, always fun talking sports oh, with Christ, y'all. We can't end Hopefully, on that. we can do a few more of these uh, no, going are, forward and uh, definitely, definitely enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> gotta finish it off with that hail to the no it has team. to stay like that it has to stay <laughs> like that forever new, even uh, after they uh, rename the team it tell. has to stay that way yeah um, we'll figure it out <laughs> greatly appreciate you guys man really do enjoyed the hell out of it glad you guys did as well um welcome all feedback from the listeners at grease pole podcast on instagram we will definitely do this again soon fellas uh appreciate you taking part Thank you, right. Thank you, sir. Peace. Have a good one. You too. And with a gulp of the zero calorie, zero sugar, uh, white monster, uh, which is now warm and almost empty. That's how I know it's time to get the hell out of here because I'm not used to talking this long. 
Uh, it's been a while since we did the quarterback rankings that we've gone over an hour. So when the monster can is uh, is running low, I know it's time to stop talking. So uh, big thank you to Thomas, Bert, Jack, all great guys, good friends of mine. Really appreciate having them on. Hope they enjoyed it as well. Also hope you enjoyed it. Uh, more importantly, again, all feedback is welcome on Instagram at Grease Paul Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. All previous episodes of the podcast are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so you can catch them all there, as well as this one. New episodes are available every Monday. This is a Tuesday edition, so uh, special occasion, but as of uh, this coming week in episode 16, I will be back every Monday, um, unless my job interferes, which, you know, it's a day job. Sometimes it happens. Again, if you subscribe, rate, and review, you know, eventually maybe your boy won't have to have a day job. Christ Almighty, wouldn't that be ideal? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the pressure and I'm going to shift it to you now, just like a piece of shit. But uh, looking forward to our next week's episode. Looking forward to doing that as well. Again, the, uh, the roundtable format was kind of a concept I've had in my head for a while. Um, definitely appreciate those guys, all good friends of mine. Again, you know, Jack. A high school football teammate of mine. We shared many a many a huddles together. You know, Bert, the best man at my wedding, and Thomas and I have been tight for 15, 20 years. You know what I mean? It's rare to have a friendship that lasts that long. So, uh, so good stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, don't get it twisted. I love those guys, but I hate their teams. It's all still about the birds. So, um, we will see you back here next week. Uh, got got something up the sleeve for next week. Hopefully, it comes through. Um, if not, either way, episode 16, I guess, would be, let me see, the first number 16, Norm Sneed in Eagles history that comes to mind. Local kid, went to school in Virginia, apparently. Warwick High, I think. I'm rambling way too much now. That's how I know it's time to get out of here. I'm like, you know you know that phase when you're, like, drunk and you get, like, you drink yourself sober, you're punch drunk? I feel like that's where I'm at right now, except I haven't had a sip of drop, or a sip of drop all. Fucking Christ almighty, dude. <laughs> When I look over, you know what it is? When I look over and I saw it was like an hour and something, I'm like, okay. I'm not used to it going this long, but it helped to have the other guys. And I could tell like when Jack's son <laughs> was starting to get, you could tell at the end, he was kind of like, okay, dad, like enough, you know? I've picked up enough swears from <laughs> from you now. Let's get the hell out of here. Stop talking about the football team. And I'm with him 100%. So I am going to agree with Jack's son and get the hell out of here on this note. We will see you back here next week for episode 16. Thanks for taking part in the NFC's roundtable. Appreciate the guys. Hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. As always, go Birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Thanks.